Exodus 32, Moses is on the mountain, and he comes off the mountain, and the children of Israel have gone uh, idolatry. They build a big idol, and they started worshiping it, and, and God gets upset. Not upset, I, probably not the right word, but um, his anger is kindled against the children of Israel because they turned their back on him. And uh, God says, I'm going to kill him. And uh, Moses says, well, hold on, God, let me go down there and talk to him. And when Moses gets down there, he said, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> and he takes the tables and he splits them and uh, gets upset. But chapter 33 follows that right up. There's something that takes place in this chapter where God speaks to Moses. And this is, I really, as I was reading this, very convicting, very, uh, very I enjoyed uh, these 11 verses, really just studying them out. And uh, if you will, Exodus 33, and, and we'll start there in verse number one. We're going to pick right up there. And uh, this is immediately following what takes place in chapter 32. Uh, Moses, uh, he, he grinds up those, uh, the, the calf and he throws it in the water, makes him drink it. And then he says in verse number 32, uh, he asked God uh, to blot out his name um, for their sin. Unbelievable compassion. We'll talk about that next week. But then you go on to chapter 30, or verse number 35 as we end uh, chapter 32 and go right into 33. Chapter 32 and verse 35, the last verse, he says, And the Lord plagued the people because they made a calf which Aaron made. Isn't that amazing that God plagued them because of their sin, because of their wrongdoing? Now, God's plagued them for it. Now we're going to look at God speaking to Moses. So you've got your Bible open, Exodus 33, and let's begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, The Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it, and I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Man, God promises to drive those people out of that land so they can have it. Verse number three. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Huh? That, that's the promised land, as we would call it. For I will not Go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and, and no man did uh, put on his own, uh, put, and no man put on his ornaments. Now, we'll stop there, we'll go number one, then we'll work our way through there. Uh, so number one, let's look at the good, the good news. God speaking to Moses, number one, we see here that he says in verse number one, and the Lord said to Moses, get up, go, leave this place. We've had enough time at this place. It's time for you to get up and take the children of Israel to where? To the promised land. Get them to the place that I promised you. If you remember, in chapter 32, God offered that he would kill all the children of Israel and make Moses... Uh, make Moses be the be the one he takes in the promised land. But Moses says, no, 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 God, we can't do that. But you'll notice in verse number 2, or verse number 1, he says, I will swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I already told them that I would. And this is the land. He said, you've got to get up and go to that land. Now, we know the story of Moses, that Moses never gets there. 
because of the disobedience that he, he, he does himself and the children of Israel. But this is what God's command was that, hey, get up and go. You know, and sometimes, and, and here, here it is, uh, just a little, a little thought as we go through this. Sometimes when we mess up, you know what we need to do? Just get up and go. You know, we've messed up. We've, we've done something wrong. These people built an idol. They built an idol that was wicked. They started worshiping it. They started dancing around it. They, got, they were getting naked, is what the Bible says. And God says, uh-uh. But what happened? He said, I'm not done with you. Get up and go. See, when we make mistakes, a lot of people think, man, I'm done. God can't use me no more. But if I've made a mistake, God can still use me. God can take my mistakes and I can get up from my mistakes and get up and go. I think that's something that we can see here. What you'll also see in this text is he said, get up and go to the land, which I promised, because the word of God is true and the word of God is sure that I'm going to give them that land. And you'll see in verse number two, he said, not only do I want you to go to that land, but when you go to that land, I will drive out. Who am I going to drive out? I'm going to drive out those Canaanites. I'm going to drive out those Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Do you know what he was going to do? Do you know what that promise was? I'm going to drive them all out so that land will become yours. And you'll see, I mean, you, we see in the life of Moses and in the life of Joshua that God gives them that land and he drives those people out. Gives them that land. Would you agree that that's some good news? That's some really good news for the children of Israel. Unto that land that's flowing with milk and honey. What do you think? What do you think that represents? What do you think that that land is? That promised land. What do you think? Any thoughts? I think it's very rich in resources. Rich in resources, yeah. For them to be able to survive and everything. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at where the children of Israel are at today. Is the land that God gave them back then yeah. uh, for them to survive, um, for them to be able to. And I don't know necessarily, I mean, it's not flowing with milk and honey, you know, no. literally, but I think it's the resources that God gave them, the, the, uh, the ability to go anywhere they could or wanted to from right there in Israel. Uh, I think that's, that's uh, and I think that that promised land is kind of like. Uh, I, I think I remember it being a type of the victorious Christian life, I think is what I've heard before, is that this, that representation, the land uh, that's flowing with milk and honey is that victorious Christian life. You've been saved, and God's given you this victorious Christian life that he's given you to live in. Um, everything's not sunshine and roses, but God, when God works, all things, you know, are, are for the betterment. Uh, and so it is a good place to live. So even though that Israel would have tough times in Israel, they would have bad kings, they would have tough times where, where it was even hard to find food, where it was even hard to, uh, it was pretty, they got pretty rough times in, 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 during the king times, but God never forsook his children, and they're still his children today, and God still protects them. Little bitty place is still there, given, I mean, and the same people still reside in that place that God was. God provided for and God protected from from all the way back then to today. 
Now, why is that? Because they're God's chosen people. And he promised to Jacob and Abraham and Isaac that he would give them that land. And that land, that promised land, that flowing with milk and honey. Unlimited resources. Any other thoughts about that? About the promised land? And you know, you got to want to end up with the promised land there. It ain't just like, like us today. You got you to want God's blessings to receive God's blessings. Uh huh. Whenever you read the, the Old Testament Bible and everything, you, you see what Israel went through yeah. over time and time again and time again because of worshiping idols and everything. They didn't want what God wanted for them. I don't know why they struggled with that so bad, but it was one right after the other. Um, I, I believe it's the judges, and I might you might be able to help me out. Well, I believe the Bible says something like, and every man did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. You know, and then here come a good judge. And then there come, you know, every man did what was right in his eyes. And then, you know, God would have to bring justice back, just like these children of Israel. Moses had been gone 40 days, and they threw out everything they believed in to start worshiping a cow or in a golden idol, you know, um, but a mortal calf. But over and over again, that was the cycle of, of them. But if we're honest, sometimes that's our cycle. In our lives, <laughs> we have good days and we have bad days. And Don't we're we close it. to God today. To, yeah. you know, Don't we do what's best for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most of the time we do. We don't wait on God. No. And, and that's them. I mean, that's exactly what the children of Israel did. And I, I believe that's, I mean, God gives us the scripture for us to learn from. And I think if we would look at that and allow it to mold us or change us, man, we would look at our own life and say, man, what's good for me? No, what's good for God? You it know? should change us. It should change us, right? right? Or at least help us, help to encourage us. Because when they sought after the wrong, what'd they get? They got punished for it. Mm -hmm. you know, they, got, they got wrong. I mean... I know God handed them bad kings, but the reason God handed them bad kings was because they were some bad people sometimes. They sought after the wrong things. And just because the king was doing it, everyone went along with it. But that's not how things work. No. Just because the king says it's okay to do doesn't mean that it's okay for us to do. I mean, it, and today, it doesn't matter where we're at in history, whether it's, it's kings or princes or presidents or whatever it is. Whether, whether he says it's okay to do or whether my Bible says it's okay to do, what do I need to follow? It's the Bible. And those, and those people, the children of Israel, they got in that same thing over and over again, following that leadership. Because had Moses been there, would they have built that calf? Will, would they have given those earrings up? There was not a chance. Because Moses stood strong, but when, when leak, uh, what do you call it, weak leadership was there, man, they threw a party. And Aaron said, all right, everybody give me your earrings. You know, I mean, the, the difference between the two leadership styles, the leadership of Moses was strong, leadership of, of Aaron was not strong towards the Lord. Whatever the people wanted. Right? But God wanted them to go to that promised land. Even, and here's the redemption, even in all that, they messed up. But God still allowed 
to be able to go to the promised land. Allowed them to have a chance to go to the promised land. What does, that, what does that tell me about my mistakes? They don't have to define me. They don't have to be the end of my story. If I mess up, it doesn't have to be the end. I think in Proverbs it says, The righteous man falleth seven times. But, and I'm going to re paraphrase because I don't know the exact wording of it, but it says, and, but he, get it up, he gets up seven times. Hey, a righteous man is going to fall, but he's going to get back up. These people, they fell, but God gave them a chance to get back up, just like God gives us a chance to get back up and allows us to live in the promised land when ultimately, I mean, did they deserve what God wanted to give them? Maybe not, but sometimes do we deserve the good that God wants to give us? Probably not, sometimes, but God still, you know, is able to give it to us. Any other thoughts or questions before we move on? We see the good news. Number two, let's look at the bad news. God wasn't done. God said, I've got good news for you, but I do have some bad news. Watch what he says. And in verse number 32, I mean 33, in verse number uh, 2, he said, I'll send an angel. Verse number 3, he said, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee. What? God said, I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. God said, I will not go in your midst, because if I do, I'm going to kill you. Verse number two, he tells us that he's going to send the angel. Because he knew that he didn't want to go in their presence. Can you imagine losing God? Losing the presence of God? Losing that availability to have the presence of God in your life, is that scary? Because in verse number 3, he says, I will not go up in the midst of thee. I will not. Man, God was pretty stiff with these people. He said, I'm not going to because I will consume thee. Look in verse number 4. You see, they lose. Why did they lose God? Why did they lose the presence of God? Because of idolatry. Because they wanted to worship something that wasn't God. So they lost him. God wasn't going to go in their presence. God wasn't going to go in their midst. That's scary. Was that Ichabod? Isn't that what they, in the Old Testament that takes place? Where Ichabod, where God wasn't there? That's scary. The presence of God. The, they, they lost God, but not only that, they lost the gladness. They lost gladness. Look at verse number four. And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned. They mourned. They were upset. They were, they were, uh, they were crying. They were upset. Maybe even, uh, man, what's going on? But God said, I'm not going to go in your midst. And they lost their gladness. They lost that presence of God because they were stiff-necked people. They had idolatry. But then also they lost the glory. In verse number 18, and I'll go all the way down there. It's, it, it goes into a, a different text when God is, or Moses is talking to God. But And he said, Moses speaking, verse 18, he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Moses.
Moses wanted God to show him his glory. They lost the glory of God. They lost the presence of God. That's scary. Could you imagine God saying, no, I won't come in your midst. Would that be scary? As a, as a church, as a family, you've messed up. You decided to worship somebody that wasn't God, and God says, I'm not going to come in your midst. What do you think about that? Do you think that's stiff punishment? We have no idea what it means in this country not to have the presence of God. There are places in this world that do not have the presence of God. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean, there are no churches. There are no lighthouses. You look, they... You know, as you look across our country, I, I'm sorry, as you look across just our county, if you was to take, there are churches on every corner in this city. Whether they agree with us or they don't agree with us, there's still a little bit of light that shines from each one of those places. That's a little bit of the Lord showing. But there are places in this world that don't have a church 100 miles from each other. And those are places where the presence of God is not. Because God's people are not there. When God's people are present, where's God? In the midst. That's why he says where there are two or three gathered in my name. Why? Because I have, I have the Holy Spirit with me. But can you imagine being in a place where there is no presence of That's scared. But these children of Israel were there. Because God said, I will not go in their midst. Pat, I have a missionary friend that's in, in China. And uh, he told me that he said, it is the darkest country I've ever lived in. He said, it is just, it's different. Because there's not a lot of God. You say, what do you mean? There's not a lot of people of God. People that seek after God. We can go to the store and run into somebody who believes in the Lord and loves God and goes to church. Can you imagine going to the store and never running into anybody that loves God and goes to church and has no idea who God is? That's a lot different, isn't it? presence of God. I don't know exactly all that this means to be honest with you other than God said I'm not going to come in your midst. But to me I never want that taking place in my life. God said I'm done. I'm not coming in your midst anymore. I don't want that. Right. Right. There couldn't be a one of those people. 
Thoughts or questions? Good news? Bad news. That's bad news, isn't it? But God's not done talking. God's not done. Um, he gives him instructions. He tells those people that. He, Moses turns and tells the children of Israel that. Verse number 5, verse number 6. Uh, jump down to verse number 7. He, I mean, he tells the children of Israel that. The ornaments in verse number 4 he's talking about is like jewelry. So they took their jewelry off. In uh, verse number 7, uh, And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. Now, I will say this. Um, don't know this to be for sure, but I, I don't know that it was the tabernacle that was later established uh, for the children of Israel. Uh, because Moses had just come off the mountain. And he, and he hadn't established any of that yet. So I don't, know, I don't know that it is the tabernacle. I do know that it was a tent. And it was a place where Moses went in. And God spoke to him. But regardless of whether it was or whether it wasn't. This was the tabernacle that he set up without the camp and uh, afar off from the camp and called it the tabernacle. Moses wanted to leave the camp because God told him he wasn't going to come in their midst. But Moses knew that he needed to talk to God. Moses needed, need, still knew that he needed God's presence there. And verse number 7, everyone, everyone, the Bible says, which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of a congregation so how many of them, every one of them that wanted to seek God came out there. They wanted a piece of it. They wanted to know what was going on. They wanted to know uh, the presence of God. But we'll continue to read. Watch what takes place. And it came to pass when Moses went out into the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at, the at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. He goes in. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. Moses said, I've got to leave these children of Israel because I've got to go meet with God. He set up this tent and he went inside the tent. And these people, the Bible says in verse number 8, that every man went to the edge of his tent Every man, as they could see it, they, they were standing there, and I can see it now. Uh, they stood at the end of their tent, they were watching Moses set up the, the tent. Maybe Moses had some help because there were some people that followed him with the tabernacle, and they stood there and watched it. And as they were watching it, they watched Moses walk inside, and all of a sudden, a cloud came down. A pillar. And it stood on that tent. And the Lord talked with Moses. 
talked with him. See, God, even though they had their idolatry, even though they had their issues, God said, look, I'm going to have mercy on you. And I may not go in your midst, but you're, I'm not done with you yet. And God talked with Moses. I don't know what was said. I don't know exactly what was done because it doesn't tell us what happens, what God spoke to him about. But God talked to him. Look in verse, uh, which one did we leave off reading? Uh, verse number uh, 10. And the people saw the cloudy pillars standing at the tabernacle and worshipped every man in his tent door. Do you know what? When they saw that cloud, guess what they knew? Believed. That's right. They believed. But they knew that it was God. They knew because they remembered the pillar of fire by night <laughs> and the pillar by day. They knew that it was God because God had been there before and the presence of God was there and it was just a representation of who God was. There the pillar was representing God and the Lord talked with Moses. When I saw that verse, I said, wow, such conviction. Do I allow the Lord to talk to me? I talk to him a lot. Not as often as I ought to, but do I allow the Lord to talk to me? There's a difference, preacher. There is a huge difference. There is a huge difference. And the Lord talked with Moses, but we're not done. Watch verse number 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend, he turned again into the camp. But his servant, who was there? Old Joshua was there. The son of Nun, a young, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Joshua said, I ain't going nowhere. Joshua was the one out on the mountain with him. Joshua was the one in the tabernacle with him. But he spoke to God. And I think the Bible is very clear. We understand. We believe the Bible 100%. There are no added words. There are, there, every word that's in here is exactly what needs to be in here. And verse number 11 says, He spoke and the Lord spake to Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. You know what he was saying? You, you know what God was doing? He was just having a conversation with Moses. Just talking to him as friends just speaking to each other. Wow. I, I believe it is where the Bible says that Moses is the friend of God. Can you imagine walking into that tabernacle and God sitting down saying, all right, Moses, let's talk. Wow. Moses <laughs> talking. God talking with Moses. As, as we look at this, in verse number, I want us to look down in verse number 20. Okay, so we understand a little bit more. And he said, without having to read all of it, but verse number 20, um, and he said, Thou cannot see my face, for there shall, be, there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon the rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock, 
and will cover thee with my hands, and will I cast five, and I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. God said, Moses, we're going to have a conversation. It was just like God sitting there talking to him, but he couldn't see his face, but he could hear his voice, and it was just like friends having a conversation. When I read that, and I, I was going over this lesson tonight, preparing for it, I said, wow, <clears throat> conviction. Because I talk to God a lot, and I said that just a minute ago, I, I, I mean this, but do I allow God to really talk to me? Sometimes I get so busy in reading through my Bible and doing my prayer time that I don't allow God to speak to me. Because I've noticed, and you probably as well, if you take your time reading your Bible, and you take your time spending time in your prayer, God begins to speak to you. But if you are in a hurry, and you're hurrying to pray, hurrying to read, you don't have that. Hey, did you see that? God's speaking to you. And even, even if you've heard a message and God begins to speak to you, I like that. Amen. It's scary if I listen to something and I don't hear God speak to me. I'm like, what did I do? You know? Shouldn't we, now I, I'm, I'm about done, but shouldn't we, shouldn't we, uh, we have our time for God and pray and we spend our time reading our Bible, shouldn't we walk away from it and go, did God speak to me? Ask ourselves that question. Did he or did he not? If he did, right? If he didn't, what should we do? Maybe go back? Maybe God to speak to us? Uh, what does the scripture say? Be still and know that I'm God. Be still, shut your mouth, and listen to me. I, that's not what the Bible says, but, <laughs> but, but you know, kind of does, you know. What's that? Any questions? Any comments? Yeah, this is my small steel box. <clears throat> it's important. It's hard if we all, every one of us, is probably the same. I mean, I, I know I'm speaking for myself. We've got, when we go and we, we pray, or we spend time with God in prayer, we spend time reading our Bible, um, trying to spend some time with God. Sometimes it's hard to shut off everything that's going on because we have a lot going on, whether it's family related. Gabriel, sit down. Whether it's family related or whether it's health or whether it's whatever, we could open it up a hundred different things. World related, right? But it's hard to shut that off and say, God, would you speak to me? Let me speak to you. 
I have to have quiet time when I read. My Stacy, I don't know, she's she can pick up a book in a room that's loud and she can read. Just read alone. I cannot pick up a book in a loud room and get anything from that. I have to have quiet so I can understand, so I can let it um, get here. And I think when Moses said, I'm leaving the camp, he didn't want to be bothered. He said, I don't want you guys fooling around with this tent. I'm going out here so I can have some quiet time. God spoke to him. And next week we'll talk about how God, how Moses speaks to God. But God speaks to him. And the thing about it is, what does the Bible say? I'm the Lord thy God and I change not. Guess what he still does? He still talks to us. It may not be face to face like he's my friend talking to me, but God does still talk to us. I think uh, you said the still small voice. A little thing in there. You shouldn't do that. <clears throat> you know, friends, when God speaks to you, you know He's not speaking to you. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not an audible voice, but you know He's oh, yeah. speaking to you. No. That's right. You know, several years ago, working at the plant and everything, and this guy really, working for me, really gave me a hard time and everything. And <clears throat> he did me wrong. Prayer time when I leave the house and everything. Certain drive time, I mm -hmm. it was my prayer time. And when I stopped at the stop sign at the office Perlock Road in 69, mm -hmm. when I stopped, I had just asked God to forgive me. Okay? Mm -hmm. You know what his answer was? He said, How can I forgive you? You don't forgive. It's important to listen, but it's important to do. Because God can speak to us all day. What are you going to do with it? <coughs> what will you do with what God speaks to you about? But you know when God speaks to you, you know who he's speaking to. Oh, yeah. thoughts or questions? Good lesson. Questions? Alright. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. I pray that you have blessed our time together. I pray that you will uh, you help encourage each and every one of us to, to just be quiet and to listen to God speak to us 
as we've studied this tonight. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to...